for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Living Life. As we come to the conclusion of our devotions in Jeremiah, we are concluding uh, Jeremiah chapter 52. Well, the title of our devotion today is The Captivity, When the People of God Were in Exile in Babylon. So it's about living in exile, but I really like the way our study today is going to end, because it's going to end with hope. You know, the people of God had experienced great destruction, great pain, great suffering caused by themselves, consequences to their own sin and rebellion, but they were taken to Babylon as exiles. And I've always been very curious about this time of when the people of God were in exile. Very interesting uh, topic there to study. But uh, nevertheless, our study today will conclude with great hope. There's always hope, no matter how dark the situation may be. So let's get into the passage. Let's turn in our Bibles to Jeremiah 52, and we'll read the scripture together. Jeremiah chapter 52, verses 24 through 34. The commander of the guard took as prisoners Saraiah the chief priest, Zephaniah the priest next in rank, and the three doorkeepers. Of those still in the city, he took the officer in charge of the fighting men and seven royal advisers. He also took the secretary who was chief officer in charge of conscripting the people of the land, sixty of whom were found in the city. Nebuzaradan, the commander, took them all and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. There at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, the king had them executed. So Judah went into captivity away from her land. This is the number of the people Nebuchadnezzar carried into exile. In the seventh year, 3,023 Jews. In Nebuchadnezzar's eighteenth year, 832 people from Jerusalem. In his 23rd year, 745 Jews taken into exile by Nebuzaradan, the commander of the Imperial Guard. There were 4,600 people in all. In the 37th year of the exile of Jehoachin, king of Judah, in the year of Awel Marduk became king of Babylon, on the 25th day of the 12th month, he released Jehoiachin, king of Judah, and freed him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiachin put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. Day by day, the king of Babylon gave Jehoiachin a regular allowance as long as he lived, till the day of his death. So today we're able to take a peek into this very important, crucial, and strategic part of Jewish history, the exile, when the Jews were captive in Babylon. There have been many movies, many plays, many books, 
written about this season, but here in the scripture today, we actually get real insight on what actually happened. So let's begin. Uh, number one, uh, the enemy of the people of God, they took captive the priests, and the first people that they killed when they took them out of Jerusalem was the priests. So yes, it was a very sad day. They killed the high priest and all the other priests. So there was like a huge finality to the Jewish people in a sense. You know, their religion, their identity, the temple, now the priests were all killed. And uh, here in Jeremiah, they go to great lengths to tell us the actual numbers, and it totals almost 5,000 people they took from Jerusalem. The priests, the officials, the royal family, the leadership. I mean, the most important people they took to Babylon, and then they executed most of them, but most importantly, the priest. So for many people, especially the Jewish people that were in exile, they were probably feeling that God had failed them. Think about that. You know, God had made a promise. God had made a covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, that he had a covenant with the people of God, with Abraham, that would last forever, the Davidic throne. And here, all of a sudden, everybody's killed. So they may be feeling, wow, God has failed us. Don't be confused here, my friends. God did not fail them. They failed God. They had turned their backs on God. They had sinned. They had broken the covenant that they had made with the Lord. So he didn't fail them they failed him. So that's just a very important thing to note as we go through this uh, very important history lesson. So then the next thing that happens during the exile period is that Nebuchadnezzar died. You know, he died. And it wasn't that he was a terrible ruler or a mean ruler. I mean, the only reason he invaded Israel several times and, and took back the city was because the Jewish people rebelled against him. They originally were his vassals. They were under his protection. But Nebuchadnezzar died. And a new king of Babylon came into uh, uh, leadership. And it, what is so interesting in our story is that God not only used Nebuchadnezzar, but God used the next king of Babylon in a very special way. And let me tell you, this is how... God used him. He had compassion. He had compassion. He had sympathy. He had empathy for God's people. So, you know, I'm not going to say by chance, but there was the last king of Judah who was still alive, and his name was Jehoiakim. He was still alive. So, the king that took over uh, for Nebuchadnezzar had him taken out of jail. They removed his prison clothes. They gave him fine clothes. And he allowed the king of Judah to eat at the king's table. So he became like an official or like a ruler in Babylon. So there's no explanation for this except that it was the Lord God Almighty who had compassion. And he allowed this man to be part of the royal court 
So in that way, even though everything had been destroyed in Jerusalem, the city, the walls, the temple, the priest, now there was a glimmer of hope that God would one day restore Israel. And then later in the story, because, you know, we love history, is that the Persian uh, Empire defeated Babylon. And uh, we know the story with Cyrus. He was the king of Persia, and he allowed Nehemiah eventually to go back to Jerusalem. He gave him money. He gave him cattle, gold, silver, to go back and rebuild and restore. So never forget that, my friend. We do at times sin and fail God, and we experience consequences to our sin, and it's very painful. We feel very alone, very isolated. But remember, God is a God of compassion, and there is always hope. If the enemy has taken away your life, your family, your health, friendships, relationship, ministry, it doesn't matter what's been taken away from you because we serve a living God who can restore all those things back to you. <laughs> In Jesus' name we say that. We declare it now. So let's go ahead and close, and then we'll come back together for a time of prayer. You know, as we pray today, we're going to be asking the Lord for His mercy and compassion. And I know what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the Lord to restore to you uh, what the enemy has taken or what you've lost, that God is going to restore, restore you to a very special place. So let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father God, we just get on our knees here, Lord God, and we just pray and ask you for mercy and compassion that you would see the situation that we are in, Father God, for those today that are feeling alone, isolated, for those feeling that they've been demoted or they're in exile in a very difficult, lonely, painful situation. So we just pray for compassion and mercy. And we pray, Lord God, that you would restore people today, that you would restore marriages, that you would restore ministries, that you would restore relationships, friendships, that you would restore health, that you would even restore our finances if we have lost it, Lord God, because you are a God of sympathy, you are a God of compassion, and you are a God of restoration. So we put our faith and trust in you. Today we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For a single soul, Oh, God, I'm stepping in closer, see, see.